Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex blogger, a sex journalist, and sometimes I offend men when I try to pay my own way on dates. (laughs) Who are you, friend? I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator, a sex blogger, and I have a lot of feelings about money. (laughs) The original capitalist queer. Well, maybe not the original. There's so many other capitalists. There are so many others. (laughs) You were the foremost capitalist queer in my life. (laughs) So we're talking about money. Um, I started thinking about this a lot last year because i had a sugar daddy briefly which i guess we'll talk about later but then like i i listened to the episode of why are people into that which is a two-part episode with lorelei lee about like sugar daddies and like cash fetishism and yeah uh fin dom and stuff and i was like this is so fascinating because there's like so much like real world power wrapped up in money obviously and like to to use that in a kink setting is is so interesting yeah that's that's why i've always been into it to be honest Mm -hmm. um is because i've been poor my whole life Mm -hmm. uh and like money gives me access to power that i wouldn't normally have Mm -hmm. and all of the money i have is something that i work damn hard for yeah so uh honestly i usually like spending it on other people um so but having the power to do that from either a dominant or submissive like perspective is what is feels like really powerful and taps into a lot of stuff and that's super hot to me Mm -hmm. um but yeah it definitely comes from a place of playing with all of that real world power totally Uh, Before we get into, like, sex and kink stuff, I did want to talk a little bit about dating and money, because that is kind of a different thing, although in some ways it's all still about power dynamics. But I'm curious your take on, like, who should pay on a date? The person who initiated it. (laughs) Yeah, that's what everyone fucking tells me. And I, I think I'm, like, I wonder if it's a cultural difference thing because having dated both Americans and Canadians, the Americans get way weirder about the money stuff. Like, I've had Americans say to me that when I tried to pay for myself, it made them think that it wasn't actually a date if they had previously thought it was a date. Or, like, it made them think I didn't like them. And for me, like, in Canada, like, when I'm dating in Canada, like, people will, like, try to pay for the date if they ask me out. But, like, if I if I want to pay for myself, nobody has ever, like really bugged me about it it's just kind of like normal do you think that that is a cultural difference thing maybe i don't know uh for me it's a class thing again i date a lot of other people who don't have money so if you ask me out you're saying you can afford to take us out Mm. interesting yeah uh so like i will generally have money on me but if someone asks me out and i'm like oh you know that's that's a tighter squeeze than usual I'm assuming they're, if they're taking me out somewhere, they can take us out, Yeah, you know? Right. Um, and I will do the same. When I'm inviting someone out, I am prepared to pay for both of us. I don't, I've never really given someone shit for trying to, you know, wanting to split it or whatever. Um, but generally, I like to invite people out because I like to be the one that pays. Hmm. And if I'm inviting them out, I'm saying, 
yes, I can afford for us to both go do this thing. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I I had a conversation recently with someone who I was dating that, um, like introduced me to a tool that I think I might use in the future. Um, which was like, he wanted to pay for our dinner and I felt kind of weird about it. So I wanted to gauge like how exactly he was feeling about that and why. So like, first of all, I asked him like why he wanted to pay for it. And like, the reason was that he wanted to take me to a fancier place and like, he didn't want me to have to like worry about it. But then I asked him like on a scale of one to 10, how much do you want to pay for our dinner? And he said eight. And then I said on a scale of one to 10, how disappointed would you be? if I didn't let you do that. And he said two, but I was like, okay, the eight has swayed me. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm on board with letting you pay if you want to do it that much. So like that was helpful for me, but that's like, that's like communication nerd shit. Yeah. Um, how do I, okay. I, I, this is like the part of our show where I periodically just like ask you questions that are pertinent to my own life. Just trying to like get your, get your advice. Great. How, how do I, um, because I don't always like to let people pay because I feel like there's like a weird like expectation sometimes. I don't want to feel like I owe them anything. I mean, I'm mostly going out with nice people. So like that isn't so much a concern uh, really, but it, it, it like weighs on my mind sometimes still. And I also like I enjoy the feeling of like independence um, that comes from like being able to pay for myself. But like how do I what can I say to someone to make it clear that I'm paying for myself like because I prefer to and not because I am trying to like disrespect them or tell them it's not a date. I mean, I think just explaining everything you just explained to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um saying that it makes you feel, you know, independent to be able to pay your way or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but not necessarily, like, you know, you can even, as you're taking it out, be like, this is still a date, and I'm paying for half of it. <laughs> like, That's you can good. kind of, like, succinctly, uh, I don't know, explain yeah. all of that. Yep, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Cool, this is still a date. I like that. Yeah. Flirty. <laughs> You mentioned this earlier, kind of, about how, like, dates cost money, usually, and, like, that makes dating, obviously, like, hard for some people to access, which is unfortunate. Um, I mean, it's it's really sad that our culture is set up in this way where, like, these romantic interactions uh, are coded as, like, something you have to spend money on. But, like, do you have, like, favorite, like, free or low-cost dates that you like? I mean... I've done a lot of, uh, like, there's a board game cafe near here mm-hmm. uh, that I think it's, like, five bucks to get in. Mm-hmm. And then you could get, like, drinks and stuff, or you can just hang out and play board games, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of my favorite date things anyway, because regardless of uh, if you guys don't have anything to talk about, you have this board game that you're both playing that you can talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that a lot, or even just like, going to a park or whatever, Mm -hmm. the thing, I mean, I don't know, the thing is, I'm in New York City, so, like, most of the people I date don't have my, and I also don't date rich people, because I don't trust them, (laughs) uh, so, this is, so a lot of the people I date are, like, relatively low income, so, Mm -hmm. most of the stuff I do is, you know, let's go hang out in this public place, or, you know, free museum days, or whatever, 
to make sure we like each other or just going out for drinks where you can get like one drink for relatively cheap yeah yeah the problem is like the free thing is all of the fun stuff you can do just like hanging out at your house and like movie night or board game night or whatever Mm -hmm. but you never want to do or i never want to do that for a first date because i don't like people in my space that quickly yeah, I was just writing about this on Twitter the other day because I was like, I was semi picked up by I think a pickup artist type of dude a couple years ago. And he got my number and texted me and wanted to meet me at a subway station and take me back to his apartment. And I was like, uh, like, can we go for a drink first? Like I met you yeah. for like five minutes uh, in a public place. Like I, I'm not gonna like go to your house on a first hang. Um, and he was like, well, like I'm broke and like, I just really wanted like a fun hookup. And I was sort of like unsure what to do because like, I understand that. And like, it's unfortunate that like, it does cost money to go on many kinds of dates. But like, I also was not just going to go to this like random dude's house. Like that was not going to happen. So like, I don't really know how, like what would be like a fair and good way to navigate that, like meeting up in a park for a few minutes to talk. Like, I I don't really know what that would be, but yeah. I mean, or like, you know, meeting up in a park or something or going to a free event. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of, especially if you're in a city, you can go and look at what kind of like free events are happening around you, free movie screenings and stuff like that. Movies aren't great because you can't talk, but Mm -hmm. Um, free classes. I see a lot of that stuff. Learn a silly new skill together. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, uh, I like the just like grab a coffee and then walk around date. Like, especially if, yeah. if it's like a cool place to walk around or like if it's maybe like the neighborhood you grew up in or something and you can like talk about stuff that's going on there. Um, coffee is like usually not too expensive. So that's pretty good. But that relies on it being not a terrible temperature <laughs> outside, which like right now it's brutal. Okay, so let's get into the sex stuff, because this is where I'm really interested to talk to you. You have been having some burgeoning feelings about, like, Findom. Do you want to talk a bit about, like, what is Findom and, like, where you fit into it? (laughs) Well, honestly, I've found language for a lot of, and, like, kink frameworks for a lot of stuff that I've been into for a while, so it's not necessarily, like, new, but... So Findom is the idea of... Uh, it stands for financial domination. It's any sort of dominance, power exchange stuff involving money. Typically, uh, the kind of findom that's kind of gone viral lately um, has been, like, a dominant woman taking money from a submissive man. Things like, you know, just give me your credit card. Maybe if you're lucky, I'll show you what I bought. Um, You owe me money just for being better than you kind of, uh, dominance, which is fun and hot in a, I get money and don't have to talk to you kind of way. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is hot to me, like, that. that's not play, it's hot to me if that is how that works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, awesome. Um, but for me, uh, it, I'm more into money uh, from the perspective of being the one to spend it, uh, Mm -hmm. because that's more a sign of care for me, either spending money on someone who's dominant over me or who is more submissive to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but being able to dote on them and give this, like, 
valuable resource that I don't have a lot of um, is feels powerful to me even from a place of submission. It feels like from a place of submission, it feels dedicated and uh, like worshipful and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I found that it was like okay. The only like real findom thing that I have done that I can think of. Um, and it was the thing that kind of introduced me to these feelings was I used to have a boyfriend who like sometimes we would go grocery shopping for stuff for him to make uh, dinner for us. And I sometimes wouldn't want to bring my whole big bag with me. So I would like leave that at home and then I wouldn't have anything to carry my stuff in. So I would give him my wallet and my phone to like hold on to while we were out and he would like put it in his grocery bag. And I remember how unexpectedly intense it was for me to be separated physically from my money and my phone and for me to have to like ask him for those things when I needed them it was like way more of a DSE kind of feeling than I was expecting it to be um and I started thinking about about kind of like the the kink implications of money at that point but yeah it is it is so powerful and i think um the wire people into that episode is really interesting when they when they talk about this because one of the things they say is that like findom is is like the only sex work interaction where receiving the money is itself the labor that you are being paid for like yeah the, the giving of the money is the experience that the person is paying for which is really interesting like sometimes it's a bit more complicated than that like sometimes there is some other like emotional labor involved in that interaction but like um, there's a whole subset of Finnom fetishists who are into what's called a ripoff, where like it is what it sounds like. Like they they fetishize the act of giving money for a thing that they perceive as not being worth the amount of money that they've given for it, which is f- yeah fascinating to me. Yeah, I do like also on the receiving end, uh, being on the receiving end of money in like sex work contexts, whether selling pictures or videos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the idea of being something worth being paid for, yeah, uh, is super hot. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like those are things. The only context where I could receive money uh, in a kink context from someone that I'm like really into or close with would be uh, feeling like treated to something, mm-hmm. um, like doted upon, given presents, that kind of thing. But yeah. not like, you know, let me take care of you and pay, buy you stuff. Right. That um, that wouldn't feel as good to me. Yeah, it's a fine line, but like I know what you mean. Um, and like I had a sugar daddy briefly last year. <laughs> it was it was a complicated situation. Um, it didn't work out for reasons unrelated to the money piece of it, but. Um, it, it was really interesting to me how much it played into my, like, daddy-dom little girl feelings, which I guess is, like, implied by the word daddy in the name. But I hadn't yeah. really thought about it that much because we had, we had a little bit of that dynamic and there was this element to it of, like, he's giving me money to take care of me as my daddy and then I would go out and spend it on, like, cute, um, like, clothes and accessories or I would, like, take myself out to dinner so it became part of the ways in which a daddy dom would typically just sort of like take care of his little girl and um, and make sure she was safe and happy and, and pampered and stuff. And um, yeah, I was not expecting the money piece to like ramp up my arousal on that kink. And yet it 
definitely did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the sugar daddy thing is definitely around nurturing. I have a friend who, like, jokingly calls me his sugar daddy. Um, but I do, like, spend a lot of money on him, uh, like, getting him food and stuff. Or, like, I'll send him seamless to, you know, to his job or loan him money for something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is, like, I like you, I care about you, let me take care of you kind mm-hmm. of feelings. Like, I have this money right now, and I know you don't, so let me buy you things. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I've bought things for dominant partners, it's been um, more of a you deserve this um, because you are in charge, let me take care of you, let me treat you to these things. Uh, so it kind of comes back to the same place, but... Mm-hmm from a very different angle. Yeah. Um, and the way you were talking about uh, leaving your leaving your wallet with this partner when you were shopping um, made me think of a time where I was... I had been uh, taking my partner out to food and whatever a couple of times while we were together. I was visiting him. And at one point, uh, he was like, are you paying for this one? He, like, asked me about one of them. And I was like, I don't know, like, let me check my... Let me check. And I brought up my bank account and looked at it, and he was like, let me see how much you have. And I showed him, and he was like, okay, you can afford you can afford it, and <laughs> let me buy it for him. Uh, and that was a lot of, like, control... Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> that was a lot of, like, control kink feelings, too. Um, and that was a little bit of the, like... It played into the let me take care of you feelings mm-hmm. without having them actually spend money on me because it's, I have a lot of pride in the fact that I can afford things. Yeah. Um, because I do a lot of work for that and growing up, I never could. So. Right. Oh God. The looking at your bank balance thing feels so edgy to me. Like it reminds me of, I've been doing a DS thing with my partner lately where, where sometimes I'll like screen share with him while I'm like writing or like doing other stuff. And, um, and for him to be able to look at my screen and sometimes to be able to control my cursor and stuff feels like way kinkier than I was expecting it to. Um, and it, there's, it's so vulnerable to like show people things that they're like, they wouldn't ordinarily get to see. And like, yeah, uh, ugh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is not something I would have been able to do with someone who wasn't like a partner. Mm hmm. Yeah, because, like, money details, like, we so rarely discuss those in our day-to-day life, except with people we super, super trust, for the most part. Um, And so to share that, wow, I think I would just feel, like, completely psychologically naked. (laughs) Yeah. Another thing I liked about the sugar daddy dynamic was, like, being able to afford fancy things for myself to wear that I might not ordinarily be able to afford, which kind of played into my kinks around like dressing to impress and that kind of thing. Like being able to afford like fancy stockings or like pretty dresses or like nice lingerie. Um, I I felt like having a sugar daddy like gave me a passport into a lifestyle that is not my lifestyle. And that was hot in a way. Like it kind of reminded me of like, a pretty woman type of fantasy. Like, that movie's super problematic in a lot of ways, but, like, this fantasy of, like, someone sweeping into your life and, like, suddenly upgrading your lifestyle. And it gets into this place where, like, is this a sex-slash-kink fantasy or is this just, like, a wish-fulfillment fantasy in general? And I don't know. Maybe there's some crossover there. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of why, like, um, they talk, you talk about, like, receiving gifts as a love language, and mm-hmm. I think that's why receiving gifts works in, like, a kink love language aspect for me. It, it's not one of my primary ones by far, but like many people, I like presents. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but presents, I, like, if I get it, A, I like the idea of being gifted things that a partner wants to see me in. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's a gift, but it's not really a gift for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I definitely like that because it's an expression of, like, I want you to own this because it will make you a better submissive for me. Right, right. Um, so those kinds of gifts are really, really hot. Um, but, like, money is less so, I think, for me from, like, a person I care about because it feels too practical. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it feels too much like, you know, at, I don't need that. I have it. I can take care of that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is defensive, toxic masculinity things, but that's <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have feel like a the... lot of pride hung up in my money. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I think that like what I found with the sugar daddy thing is like, there's this fantasy aspect of it. That's like, you're supposed to spend it on things that you don't really need and that you want sparkly things and pretty things and whatever. Oh, see, that's not how I do sugar daddy. Yeah, no, I was most, I was like paying my rent. Like <laughs> I was doing like practical things with it, which like kind of in some ways lessened the fantasy aspect of it, but in other ways, like ramped it up a lot more because I was spending it on like high stakes shit that like mattered. And that like, if I couldn't pay my rent, like that is like very important and affects my life in a, in a much broader and bigger way than, like, not being able to afford the dresses I want. So, like, yeah, wow, there's, like, a lot of power tied up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, when I whenever I've bought things for people, it has been survival things. That's how I've always, like, that's how that's always worked for me. But, I, I mean, again, I'm playing with New York City queers who don't have money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... We just pushing the same twenty dollars around in circles until <laughs> hopefully hopefully we can all eat. So do you have sexual feelings about actual physical cash? Yeah. Tell me about that. I don't know, other than it's just hot to have it <laughs> and to get to play it it's a symbol of power. Yeah. In the same way I have feelings about a collar or whatever mm-hmm. it's something that symbolizes power that someone has mm-hmm. so if you were in a situation where you could like fuck on top of a giant stack of cash would you do that <sighs> i'm too worried about money to do that <laughs> because i need it to be spendable afterwards <laughs> <laughs> and i would not be able to relax on top of a stack of money because I would be like, no, don't tear it! Oh, Jesus. Oh, careful with the cum! Like, I can't. Uh, do you My realize how many phrase. vacations I could go on with all of this? Yeah. No, just, it's, it's hot theoretically. Yes. Yeah. But I practically I wouldn't be able to relax. 
Yeah, same. I was just rewatching Wolf of Wall Street the other day, and there's this scene where they like fuck on top of a bed full of money, and I was having the same feelings. I was like, oh, like what? Don't damage it. Like, you're, yeah, you're, someone could use that. Someone needs that. It was, yes. it was giving me visceral body horror feelings. <laughs> I think they talk in the Wire People into that episode about like um, whether you could play with Monopoly money and whether it would have the same effect and stuff. It and wouldn't. I just don't think it would though. Like, because you would know immediately that it wasn't fake. Like the whole thing that's sexy about it is the amount of power that it has, but that also obviously makes it really complicated for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the being able to fuck on top of money is rooted in like that decadence of it doesn't matter if I ruin this. Mm hmm. Like, it's inconsequential, the same of, like, smoking out of a, you know, $100 bill or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. it's the, I can do this because I can, because it's decadent, because I have this much of it. Mm -hmm. And, like, that is definitely a money kink. Uh, And, like, I can understand that. Like, I I know the words to put together to explain why that's hot, mm-hmm. but I cannot conceptualize it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I cannot understand that level of decadence on, like, being anything other than self-involved. Um, yeah. But again, that's coming from a lot of my stuff around money. I also f- feel weird things about the hygiene of that, like... Because that's dirty. Like, that's touched so many people. Oh, see, that part's kind of hot to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Knowing what I know about your kinks, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm just like, well, that that's fine. <laughs> I just think about, like, what kind of, like, internal infections you could get if you, like, accidentally got some cash in there. But I don't know how that would happen. I mean, paper cuts. Ooh. <laughs> oh, terrible. <laughs> Money's too soft for that, though, I think. Unless you get, like... Okay, can we talk about how money feels so much hotter after it's been around for a while, though? Because, mm-hmm. like, fresh out of the bank money is not hot. No, it's too crisp. It is. Yeah. That, that shit would give you paper cuts. And it's, like, slippery, and you can't even, like, feel how much it is because they all stick together. Nah. <laughs> nah. I would not fuck on top of that money. It's gotta have history to it. Context. Seriously, exactly. It. It's gotta be worn in. <laughs> Okay, so you're really good at coming up with ideas for kink scenes because you just have a a never-ending, bottomless perv brain. So tell me, if someone is interested in, like, fin-dom or cash fetishism or whatever, how can they, like, tiptoe into that, into playing with that with a partner? What do you recommend? I mean, I would start by just kind of like we were talking about earlier, um plan a date and um either have like the dominant partner plan a date and the submissive partner pay for it Mm -hmm. or um have the submissive partner like plan the perfect date and go out and pay for all the things and treat the dominant and that way like within an evening that is a super easy scene to spend 50 bucks or spend 500 bucks right Mm -hmm. um So I think if you know enough about each other's finances, letting the dominant plan that can be relinquishing a lot more power um, and 
will definitely, that is a very different type of scene than letting the submissive treat the dominant, or the dominant treat the submissive, like the person who wants to pay. Mm-hmm. Let that per- Letting that person plan and treat it is more like, you know, you're a princess, you deserve this, I'm going to take care of you and give you all of the things you could possibly want. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is one angle to play from. And then letting the person receiving the money plan it is more, you can't, uh, you can't be trusted to even plan a thing, you don't deserve this money, it, I'm going to take it anyway, kind mm-hmm. of angle of uh, dominance, which are... It's a very similar scene, but they're two very different feels. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, interestingly, the the dominant or the person with the, like, financial power in a kink scene um, does not actually have to literally be the person with the money. And, like, an example I'm thinking of is a situation where, like, um, a partner had my wallet and we were out shopping together and there was a thing I wanted to buy for myself, but he had my wallet so he was like, I don't know, do you really need this? Like, convince me. Um, oh, that would make me so angry. <laughs> it was like, I was kind of, I was like a little bit angry, but like also kind of into it, which I think is how I feel about a, a lot of like money kink stuff, where like it crosses almost a little bit too much into my real world feelings but then there's also a kink element but i was basically like okay like here's what i would wear this dress with and like here's all the different ways i would style it and here's why it would look good on me and i had to like convince him so there was like this power play element um and that that was kind of cute and and felt like a fin dom scene even though i was really just asking for permission to spend my own money yeah so that was cool (laughs) yeah that is kind of a cool mind fuck in the way that you can do that Mm -hmm. um I also, uh, at, at Playground, I, my partner ordered me a, a pizza um, to my hotel room, and, like, he didn't pay for it. Like, I paid for it when it got there, but that also kind of felt like a Findom thing in some way, or, like, a sugar daddy kind of vibe, because it was, like, he was taking care of me and making sure that I was, like, well taken care of. Um, and that was another situation where, like, I didn't actually need the money to be his for it to feel that way. Yeah, I think one of the things that uh, is interesting, too, about Findom uh, is that it's a lot, like, I mean, with any a- with any act, you can do it from a dominant or a submissive perspective, but I think money, at least in my experience, or maybe I just find it hot from more angles than I find other things hot, but... Like, you can be submissive with money, you can be dominant with money, you can be submissive receiving money, you can be dominant receiving money, and all of those are, like... Maybe it's just all of those are kind of more evenly spread out, Mm -hmm. and, like, they occur more frequently, because, like, you can be dominant receiving a flogger, but you don't see that super often. Yeah. And I think with money you see all of these, like, permutations pretty commonly between, like, Sugar Daddy and Fin Dom and all kinds of stuff like that, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, we had talked when I had a Sugar Daddy about how, like, kink nerdy I felt about the realization that, like, a Sugar Daddy is essentially, like, a Fin Dom bottom in the sense that, like, they're the one who's, like giving up the money but the dynamic is so different that it's like the giving is the powerful thing because it's like oh i have so much that i'm able to just like give this to you and it doesn't even affect me um whereas usually a fin a fin sub is more like 
I don't have so much and I'm still choosing to give it to you because I worship you and you deserve it and you're better than me and, and you will do better things with my money than I could. Um, it's yeah, it's super which is my experience of sugar daddying actually. Like I never <laughs> see sugar daddying as like a bottom thing. Mm. Um, it does not feel that way at all. It feels more like let me take care of you because I have this and because I can, yeah. or and because you deserve it. Yeah, yeah. Do you think if you were making like a lot more money than you're making right now, that it would still you would still have these feelings about it? I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to conceptualize a future where that happens. I know, that exists, right? Like, it's so hard I, to imagine. <laughs> I can't fathom ever not. I mean, l- there were times as a child when I didn't know when I was going to eat next. So, like, I can't conceptualize a world where, like, I had pasta every day for dinner in elementary school. Uh, so, and I still do that now. Um, so, like, I think, um, I think I would still, because I think, I don't think I could ever get to a place where I take money for granted. Yeah. Um, so I think money will always still have that power and will always be really, like, even if, like, I won lottery one day or something, I think, I mean, even, like, when I get big payments, the first thing I do is go spend that money on people. Mm-hmm. Like, I finished a project earlier this week, uh, got that money in PayPal, and before even transferring it out of PayPal, ordered Seamless for a couple of my friends to their job so that they could eat that day. Um, so, like, I think even in the times I've had surplus of money, what has been... And, like, what has felt good, whether it's in a sexy way or in a I-care-about-you way... Mm-hmm. is to spend that money on people that are important to me. Yeah. Yeah. So. It it makes sense that, like, your attitudes about it would, would stay fairly static even as you were making more or if you were making a lot more, like, whatever. Because, like, I think, yeah. like, a lot of our kinks are rooted in things that were associated in our youth with, like, strong emotions like fear or shame or whatever and like so many of us had those strong emotions about money for really good reasons and may continue to um and and that can be really hard to shake even when those feelings are no longer useful or relevant to your actual life yeah Um, i mean my first nightmare i had when i was three years old was about money (laughs) like uh i woke up and i told i uh told my mom the story about a man in scary bunny ears and money um <laughs> because that was something i was stressing about mm-hmm. at that age yeah um so like i can't even in a reality where i have like a surplus of money i can't imagine like not not having it have all of that weight and all of that power yep yep This week's episode of The Dildorks is sponsored by Peep Show Toys. Uh, I've worked with them for a long time, actually, doing reviews and stuff, and I was really stoked that they wanted to sponsor us this week because they are 
good people. Um, everything they carry is body safe. They don't carry any TPR, TPE, or jelly. Uh, none of their lubes contain propylene glycol. Is that how you pronounce that? I never know. Uh, propylene glycol is how I've always done it. Okay. It's a bad thing. You don't want it in your lube. Right. <laughs> yeah, I I have always really liked Peep Show's selection. They really put a lot of effort into choosing toys that are not only body safe, but that are actually good toys um, for the most part. Um, like they, they just, uh, they just started carrying, uh, the no frildos by our pal Kenton at Funkit Toys. Uh, they have a lot of like knob essence, which is not easy to find. Um, a lot of like silicone dildos, including Vicskin, which we love a lot of good vibrators that we love. Um, they have stuff by Split Peaches, uh, who make these like amazing multicolored, um like they have like a unicorn horn dildo like just like really unusual shapes in beautiful silicone uh i i'm excited to try a split peaches toy at some point peep show is offering a 10 percent discount for dildorks listeners if you use the coupon code dildorks you will get 10 percent off your order site-wide so you can take a look at their selection at peepshowtoys.com uh, they have a ton of stuff that we recommend, and I actually have a curated list of my own selections. If you go to the Sex Bloggers Curated Collections tab on peepshowtoys.com, there's one that says Kate's Favorite Toys. I don't know why I don't get a last name. <laughs> I guess I'm just fucking famous. Um, but yeah, if you if you go there, it has uh, a list of some of my favorite toys that they stock, including like the Enjoy 11 and the Magic Wand Rechargeable and... Um, the Android Pure Plugs and the Knob Essence Seduction, just a whole bunch of like really good stuff that I adore and use all the time. So yeah, thank you to Peep Show. Um, make sure to check them out at peepshowtoys.com and use that coupon code DILDORKS to save 10% on your order. Fuck that and fuck yeah is a segment where we talk about something we hate and something we love. What is your fuck that this week? My fuck that actually happened towards the end of last week, but uh, I posted a thing on Twitter asking specifically for trans women's experiences with sex toys, Mm -hmm. and I got everything but that as an answer. Yeah, people were so shitty. (laughs) Like... So many cis people answered me mm-hmm. with things that weren't helpful. Mm-hmm. Want to know why they weren't helpful? Because they were cis <laughs> and they didn't know. <laughs> like, I had so many people being like, well, you know, I'm not really, like, you know, I don't really have a lot of experience in this, but. And I'm like, that's why I didn't ask you. <laughs> you can be totally silent in this, in this answer. Like, I just, and a lot of, like, people you know there are the people that are like well just because they're cis doesn't mean they won't like have interesting answers but (sighs) trans folks are trans all the time we spend all of our time like we spend a large part of time thinking about transness Mm -hmm. if you have spent if you were a cis person who has spent 20 seconds thinking about this twitter post you have not thought of something that i didn't already (laughs) just give me the benefit of the doubt on that one this is my whole goddamn career (laughs) like you didn't think about it more than me I got there already (laughs) so yeah I just 
I just, I was, I legit, like, spent the first five minutes of therapy being like, why is no, can no one read? Just read the thing. I chose my words carefully, read the thing that I wrote, and my therapist was like, okay, but not everyone's you. (laughs) Yeah, not everyone's as smart as you. Yeah, well, my therapist actually said not everyone's as much of a Virgo as you are. And I was this close to being like, I knew you were queer, but (laughs) it's fine. Um, Because half the queers I know, I have the same therapist and we're all like, I bet you he's queer. He's gotta be. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I just, I, it's okay. Sometimes I'm not asking you. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be about me for a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, people on Twitter, like, sometimes feel like they need to, like, contribute their opinion just because they feel the need to say something. It's like, no, like, you should add value to someone's life if you're going to be tweeting at them. And that means, like, paying attention to what they're actually asking and, like, not answering a question they didn't ask and not giving unsolicited advice either. And, like, yeah. It's it's like the people who respond, LOL, and you're like, that's what the fave button's for. Yeah. (laughs) Or just, like, privately laugh to yourself. Like, I don't actually need to know that you laughed at this. It's fine. I will live without that knowledge. And let's be honest, LOL is not actually laughing. Like, you didn't <laughs> laugh if you LOL. <laughs> LMAO, maybe. <laughs> but, like, a string of ha-has and cry-laughing emojis, at least, means that you <laughs> chuckled. Yeah. We're at that point in internet culture now. <laughs> yeah. LOL, you probably didn't even smirk. Come on. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> What's your fuck that? Uh, My fuck that, speaking of money stuff, um, my fuck that's not having enough furniture. Um, I only moved away from home less than a year ago, so I'm, like, still getting my adult shit together. Um, But, yeah, I I pretty much have, like, a bed, a dresser, a desk, a desk chair, and, like, a few other things. But I don't have, like, additional seating, which it's come to my attention recently that, like, chairs and sofas and shit are like important for sex stuff or at least useful um you don't you don't want someone to be sitting in your like rolly desk chair when you're trying to like black their boots or some shit like that um (laughs) so i'm excited because i'm I'm about to inherit a chair from uh my grandfather's estate uh which sounds fancier than it is but yeah my my mom's bringing that over today and i am going to use it for boot blacking stuff and did not mention that to her because she would be cool with it. I just think it would it would take a little more explaining than I am willing to do right now. But <laughs> I'm excited. For the record, to have... you can totally black boots and wheelie chairs. I do it all the time. I mean, you can. It's just that there's something to me about like the boot blacking that I wanted it to be like a fancier aesthetic than that. Like I wanted the person to be like sitting cross legged, like reading a, a newspaper and like smoking a, a pipe, like that kind of vibe. So I didn't want to oh, put him in like okay. my bright blue leather like rolly desk chair you know yeah i again it's a thing i can understand (laughs) but i have never fetishized that aesthetic yeah but like i get it i I, like i've had people come into sex toy stores too with the like what's the point of kink if it's not fancy and i'm like (laughs) all of kink i don't okay (laughs) sure I, I don't just, need kink to always be fancy, no, but yeah, there are no, certain kink acts where I'm like, I'm going for a particular aesthetic, and yeah. for whatever reason, it just feels important. I don't know. 
Yeah. No, like, like I said, I get it. I just fancy kink is not my kink. So I'm always like, that's fascinating. Interesting. (laughs) Also, what came from this is that I mentioned to my partner that the chair has a matching ottoman and he made some jokes about auto women and auto envies. And I laughed a whole bunch because that's really silly. (laughs) Oh, where is the gender equality in auto men? I don't know. I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) What's your fuck yeah, friend? Uh, My fuck yeah is planning my conference schedule for the rest of the year, because Playground was great. Yay! Um, And I'm, like, filling in. I've got most of my travel stuff figured out this year, and now I get to do the fun thing of seeing if my time off from work lines up or Mm -hmm. how well it lines up, but I'm definitely, uh, I've submitted to a couple of different conferences, which I'm really excited about. I know I'm going to be at at least one Dark Odyssey event this year, maybe two. I don't know for sure about teaching, but I'm definitely going to be at least attending. Um, and then, um, and then I'll definitely be at Woodhull, uh, and I'll definitely be at Sex Down South, and I'm going to be at Atlanta Poly Weekend as well, which is going to be another fun road trip with the uh, masculinity panel, which I'm looking forward to. Cool. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be uh, getting out and like pitching to so many of these places to actually present, because I've been really enjoying that. Yeah, I love seeing you teach. You're so engaging and fun and like... It's, the cons are so fun it, when, when like it's feasible to go to them and yeah it's exciting I think I'm going to go yeah. to alt sex in New York next month pending finance stuff and then also Woodhull in August which is always the best because it's just like sex blogger summer camp it's so fun yeah uh, what's your fuck yeah my fuck yeah is phone sex I'm having a lot of phone sex recently it's a thing that I never really thought I'd be into because I'm not good at dirty talk and uh, I'm increasingly uh, self-conscious about how bad a dirty talk I am. <laughs> um, I'm just, like, really shy about it. Um, but it turns out that um, if you have a partner who is really good at dirty talk and who is, like, toppy in the way that they, like, like getting reactions out of people, that you can actually have really good phone sex, even if you're not good at dirty talk. Um, so that's been fun. Uh, and it's great for the long-distance thing, obviously. Um mm-hmm. My voice is very low and gravelly this week. I don't know what's going on. Is this just morning morning voice? Maybe. I Speaking don't know. of phone sex, like th- this is is this what I sound like when I have phone sex? Just like, hey, <laughs> I'm kind of into it. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Tildorks. <laughs> uh, I have been Kate Sloan. You can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net and the rest of my writing at katewritesaboutsex.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. Where's your stuff? I'm Bex. You can find me at bextalksex.com and at bextalksex on Twitter and Instagram. Together we're the Dildorks. We're at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram and at thedildorks.com. You can also find us by searching the Dildorks in your favorite podcast app. While you're there, rate and review us. Giving us five stars makes us way easier to find for other sex nerds. If you want to throw your money at us, uh, which you should, go to patreon.com slash the dildorks to support us there. Throwing us a couple of bucks a month helps us keep doing what we're doing. We want to thank some of our most recent Patreon patrons. I don't know what they're called. Uh, People that give us money. (laughs) Um, 
We have Bailey, Nikolai, Simi, Tits and Test Tubes, and Taryn. A handful of those I know from Twitter and absolutely adore. <laughs> if you don't, if you folks don't know who Taryn is, uh, you should check out her blog at aceinthehole.co. She is an asexual sex blogger and... We should really have her on the show because yeah, I, she I would... knows a bunch about SEO too. So if you're yeah. a sex blogger who doesn't understand it, like me, <laughs> uh, go ahead and check all of that out. It's explained really, really well. I still don't understand it, but that's fully my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, relatable. Uh, I want to say, <laughs> want to say thank you to Protodome. For the use of our theme song, I Want You in My Bedroom, off his album Chip Funk. You can find his music at protodome.bandcamp.com. Thank you, as always, to Amy, who did our logo for us. She is at starboots underscore on Twitter. Thank you again to Peep Show Toys for sponsoring this episode of our show. You can go to peepshowtoys.com to shop their excellent selection of toys. And don't forget to use that coupon code DILDORKS to get 10% off your order. In case you don't know how that's spelled, um, it's D-I-L-D-O-R-K-S. Uh, and thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. Bye. so early i haven't had any coffee yet friend <laughs> it's a it's nearly noon i know but it, it's not before, early before coffee is early no matter what time of day it is it's fine <laughs>